Blog Talk Radio. Friday, y'all, TGIF, yes, I'm so excited this Friday, y'all just don't even know. <laughs> I know that's right. Child, hey, Lisa, girl. Hey, T, how are you? Girl, you know, it's been one of our usual busy days, but more so lately because, you know, I'm going to be out for a bit, but uh, it's all good. I'm ready for tonight's show, but if you guys by any chance, has missed this week's shows? Because Lisa and I have been on the air since Wednesday this week. We have had phenomenal guests, an awesome time in the chat room. Make sure you go check those archives out. We've had actors, actresses, publicists. We've had them all. In just a matter of a few days, Lisa, it's been an awesome week. Yes, we have. We have. Let me tell y'all. That show we had yesterday was awesome. The show we had before that was awesome. Y'all got to make sure y'all check out these archives. And you can do that by logging up to here, blogtalks.com. You can also pull us up on any any podcast. That's right. Just pull on up. You just put in Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Leisha, and we will appear. Voila, your girls will be there. We are actually currently coming up on our 200th show. We have... We're at 195. We got five more shows before we get to 200. So I, we haven't decided what we're gonna do spectacular um, for that day. Um, how are we gonna give a giveaway? I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna do something for our 200 show. <laughs> awesome, awesome! I can't believe it'll be 200 shows, least. You know, I never even envisioned this when we first started with show number one. Actually, while y'all are in those archives, go back to our first show. <laughs> that would be interesting, Lee. Go back to our first show. See how the girls have grown. See how we have evolved to where we're almost approaching number 200. 
100. And while you're in those archives, you know, Alicia and I, our little hashtag these days is we go where you go. <laughs> Anytime you go, you need something to just entertain yourself or just to get educated on literature, not just literature, because here on Let's Chat, Alicia and I, we don't just talk literature. We be talking about all walks of life, and we do it in what a royal way, no matter what it may be. We allow all our guests and our listeners to interact in a fun, friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do, because we never know who may be listening that may be touched by a certain aspect of someone's journey. So make sure you check those archives out. And uh, I might have to go back to show number one, least just to relive that moment and see how we have come <laughs> to up to 200, girls. I can't believe it. Thank you, everyone that has been rocking with me, Alicia. Absolutely. And, I mean, the way the show first started, it, it wasn't on the radio. I was doing Honor That Author in the Writing Royalty uh, group on Facebook So I was doing those interviews On Fridays And I I started doing them I think two days a week But because we were on Real Raw Radio At the time It was hard for me to do both Because we we almost had shows Like almost every day of the week And I was like oh mm-hmm. man And so I was like Will it be easier to take it to the radio And so I mm-hmm. asked T if she wanted to join me And she was like sure and I think at first we were like once a month or every other week. We were just like here and there because we still had the other show that we were on. And it was like almost every day we had we had shows. And plus I was the producer, so I always had stuff to do um, mm-hmm. for the shows, just getting them ready, getting guests, finding out information about the guests, getting the show set up. And so – after a while, before you know it, me and T had one once a week, and then we had two shows a week, and then next thing you know, the three shows a week. So we, we've been really awesome. Now, you know, people are asking us to come to their events, and they look forward to us coming to their events. And it's just mm-hmm. really, really been a, an exciting experience. And we thank everybody that has really really, really just opened your arms and, and just welcomed us in to the literary world. We do so much outside of radio, but it, it's just so awesome. So this summer, uh, the girls of Let's Chat, we're going to be on the road. So you can see me May 19th. I will be in Detroit at the Hustle and Grind. You can see both me and Miss Tony uh, here in Atlanta for the uh, Black Riders Weekend. And that is going to be an awesome weekend. There are two events. Every author you can think about is going to be in the building. Authors that don't even mm-hmm. come outside, child, let me tell y'all. Come a little closer. Let me tell you. <laughs> Folks, y'all don't even see on a regular basis is going to be in Atlanta June 6th, no, June 8th through the 11th. Mm-hmm. Folks, you don't even see on a regular basis. They're going to be in Atlanta. So y'all, if you are a reader, this is the place you want to be that week of June, that weekend. You want to make sure you're in Atlanta, whether you're at the AANBC Awards or you're at Mo, uh, Monique Hall's, the MBP um, Atlanta uh, ex, uh, Expo. Mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, y'all going to see some of everybody. Ashley and Jaquevis, they're going to be out and about. You got uh, Jerome. Um, Eric Jerome Dickey is going to be out and about. Rashonda, Tate Billingsley, um, 
Victoria, Victoria Christopher Murray. Murray. Uh-huh. It's going down. It's going to be so many, not just independent authors, mainstream authors. And I, last year at the AANBC Awards, I got to meet and I got to listen to um, Nikki Giovanni speak, y'all. And it was like the uh-huh. best experience. And I love what I do because uh, it allows me to come in contact with some people that a lot of people wouldn't even dream they would have met in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I mm-hmm. like to be able to share that with y'all. I like to be able to to bring that into your world, to be able to allow you to understand sometimes you got to come out to these events because it's, sometimes it's just more than me and the author. It's networking. Mm-hmm. I've met producers and I've met uh, stylists and I've met photographers. I mean, it's been actors and actresses. It's been such a great time, and we love what we do here on Let's Chat. That's why it's a free platform. We want everybody to be able to um, just just allow our listeners to experience them. Because really, as an independent author and as a new author, the paperback money is slow money. Book money is slow money. And you have to think outside of the box. But if your book does not have legs and you don't have that word of mouth, your legs and your personality become part of your word of mouth. That's how you get Mm -hmm. people to talk about you and to know you. Uh, Your cover, Mm -hmm. your synopsis, your title, that becomes your eye candy. You become your eye candy. And you mm-hmm. literally have to sell yourself and your book at the same time. And it's um, a lot of people say you have to know your audience. You have to know who you're pitching to. And I always say you got to do more than pitch your book. Uh, a pitch, a pitch is more than just rolling off your synopsis. You got to be able to really, really break down in a short period of time. And, and get that person to feel the passion behind what you wrote, what it's about, and why. And and sometimes that could be hard. Mm-hmm. It really can. And um, just to piggyback off that, Leash, you know, if you were listening to, to last night's show, Leash and I were at, were at the Harlem Book Fair here in New York a couple of years ago, and you experienced that firsthand, Leash. You remember where the author... Was, yes. was was not necessarily pitching, but she was sharing her passion and, and we were ready to scoop up everything that she had written. And that's how you and get to know new authors. Mm-hmm. And and that's when I realized that you're doing more than pitching your book. You know, mm-hmm. an elevator pitch is something you do real quick. That's A pitch is something you give an agent that you want to sign. You something quick, 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 so they can say, eh, eh, eh. But you're doing more than pitching your book when you want somebody to actually buy it. You want them actually to invest in you. You want them actually mm-hmm. to invest in your dream. You want them mm-hmm. actually to invest in your pen because your pen is actually the product. Your hands right. are the product. And so... Mm-hmm. It's it's you have to allow them to feel that passion. And here on Let's Chat, we know that readers feel the author's passion when you read. When you read that author's pen, you feel their passion for why they do what they do. But had you mm-hmm. not read their pen, had you never met them, had you not known their name, then what happens is their personality is what draws you in. The passion that mm-hmm. you hear 
why they mm-hmm. do what they do, what caused them to start re- writing, what caused them to start reading, what was going on in their world when they decided to sit down and make this happen and, and bless us with their with their with their skills and ability to take us into another world, you know, and mm-hmm. that as a new author is what helps you mm-hmm. sell your books. Absolutely. And, you know, here on Let's Chat, Leisha and I, we, only, we not only celebrate literature, like I said at the at the top of the show, but we celebrate arts. You know, just Wednesday we had an actor in the chat room, Vincent Ward. You get to hear the passion behind how he got into the industry. He's actually on the series The Walking Dead. I think he said it was the, coming into their eighth series. You get to hear the passion and how he started and where he is today. And then last night we had the beautiful um, Marcinay. Is that how you know we can jack up a name, Leash? No, Marcinay <laughs> was the Marcinay oh, that was, was on the night, night before. Last night we had right. Georgia Dawkins, and right. she Georgia is Dawkins. a producer, an author, a journalist, and mm-hmm. y'all just. Everybody we had this week has been so awesome. Just to be they able, not, not awesome because they're on the show, not awesome because we get to sit and talk to them and interact, but because I, I love it when people come on the show and they leave something. They leave something mm-hmm. for you to think about. They leave something mm-hmm. for you to desire. They, they put a little fire up under you. They talk to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, we have on Facebook people are always posting affirmations and this and that or this about their day mm-hmm. and that about their day and whatever it is that they're posting. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. sometimes they're not leaving stuff. And sometimes they're talking to you, but you're not listening. And so sometimes right. when things are posted, that person is actually talking to you. And that's what Georgia did yesterday. She was talking to some folks. And uh, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they weren't listening to what she was saying, but she was talking, and she left some things on her interview for everybody mm-hmm. to be able to listen to, for everybody to be able to chew on as they go through the process and the journey, whatever they're deciding to do, whether it's being an author or whether it's being a journalist, where whether it's just being an accountant, whatever it is that you want to do. She left so mm-hmm. many jewels that you can't help but to get something from the experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we so enjoy when we have such awesome guests in the chat room. And um, also they share, we have musical guests that have come through the doors. We've had a, we have a rich, rich musical library with one of our favorites, Mr. Keith. You know, he, he he just come in and he just do what he want to do when he comes into the yeah. He was on Sister Robinson. Circle today. Yes, he was on Sister Circle today. He is on Saints and Sinners. Uh, he plays Miles on Saints and Sinners now. But if y'all remember, he was the Green uh, Ranger, the original mm-hmm. Green Ranger back on the Power Rangers. But, yes, just to be able to get their music, uh, Karis Jordan actually has some new music out, and we're going to have him in the chat room in the next couple of weeks. And I love the fact that we get to see our guests grow. A lot of our guests Mm -hmm. are independent authors. They're independent um, artists. But we get to see them grow. Once they get a record Mm -hmm. deal, they still come back. They still send us music, and we just so appreciate that. Once they get signed to that Mm -hmm. publishing company, they still – shout us out. They still want to come back and share 
uh, their experience and, and their and their journey with us, and we appreciate all of that. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back with the fabulous Just Jay. Okay. This is State of Emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Corporate love and hustle. Making money, hustle. Independent business, 24 struggle. On the block, hustle. Crooked cop, hustle. No sleep in these streets, 24 struggle. On the stroll, hustle. Tricking John, hustle. Working the pole, that's your goal, 24 struggle. Counterfeit, hustle.
breathe. We're gonna talk that talk today with three fabulous, fabulous guests. We got author and publisher Jess J, author Tacoma Washington, and author and radio host Kimberly Jones. So I'm excited. We have our first guest up in the chat room. Jess J is kicking in the chat room door. How are you? Hey, hey, hey! Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes we can. How are you, ladies? We are good. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Oh, it's always my pleasure. I want to congratulate you, ladies, on your coming up 200. Oh, thank um, you. you know, I always come back. You know, I always come back. So, um, absolutely. Congratulations on staying and and being relevant and important. You know, an important platform for us. Well, we you appreciate so you. We thank you so much. Now you know you're always in the chat room, so you got to tell us what what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen from the last time you were on the show. Tell us what what you um, got so, so much has happened. Um, when I came mm-hmm. before, you know, I had some authors signed to me, and I'm mm-hmm. actually going going the opposite route now. Um, I am still a publisher, but I no longer have authors signed to me. Um, I since have released the um, you know, shown the ladies how to self publish and mm-hmm. have released them to do their own thing. I am taking clients that I I, I do writing coaching now, whereas, um, you know, I, I don't get a percentage, move, you know, continuously, but I get a fee to help you write the book and give advice on putting the book out. Um, mm. I have released my 12th book for myself um, recently, and I celebrated my four-year anniversary on April 14th. Congratulations. Oh. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So that's anniversary. Um, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's we you know, we make up words, but but it's um <laughs> the, it's basically the celebration of the the um anniversary of my first release. And um my first release, Shameless Sin Volume One came out April fourteenth, two thousand um fourteen. And four years later I am twelve books and seven genres in. Mm. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Tell us what genres you write. Um, I have a three part um street lit series. I have a two part erotica series. I have a two part suspense series. I have um a sci fi book. Um uh I've already written one of my two part Christian series, um, Christian fiction series. I have two books of poetry. And um, one romance. Wow. Talk about a a slew of of genres. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't want to be, you know, it takes takes time, like like you guys were saying, you know, um, paperback money is is slow and it takes time to get known for your paperbacks. But the way I'm looking at the big picture is that, I don't want to be known as a, a good erotica writer or a good street lit writer. I just want to be known as a good writer. So I want to touch as many genres as I can. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Now, just that this is Tony, and um, just just focusing on your your pen game right now. You know, this is your first authorversary. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but this you is your, more importantly your twelfth book, and you've told us the many genres that you write is there one more challenging than the next um for me um I initially had an issue with romance which was surprising 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, because at the same time I didn't wanna I didn't wanna be I didn't wanna write something where you would you already know what's gonna happen next. Um mm-hmm. I, I like to specialize in twists and turns in my stories. So um I'm still trying to figure out what my favorite is, but so far I'm really leaning towards suspense. And really? um, my yes, and my eleven to twelve books were both suspense. And um, I, I'm I'm leaning towards that, but I seem to be um, a lot of people are more drawn to my erotica. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now you know, Leisha and I we always have a debate with our guests when they talk about uh, erotica and and love scenes about who writes the best. And I'm not sure if that question was posed to you last time, but who writes the best love scenes in erotica, women or male authors? Who do you think? <laughs> You know, for me, it's really close because um, I, I will say the males give you that extra pal, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, the exciting part of it, but a woman will be right. more um, detailed about it. You know, you're going to, mm. if, if it's a female writer, you, you're you going to know what the what she was thinking when he was touching her. You're going to know what color the drapes were when she looked up. <laughs> you know, you're going to... Mm-hmm. You you know you're gonna know what he what he smells like when he came close to her, but you know with the men it's always the the dramatic the wow factor and maybe what he did to her or or a position he put uh-huh. her in or something like that. So it's a close, uh-huh. it's really really close for me. I'm, I'm, but because I like the wow, I'm gonna say the men. <laughs> I like that um, explanation between the two, and also I think. Uh, women give more emotion to it, you know. Like you right. said, you 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 look up and you know the color of the drapes, you know what he smells like, and all those things linger with you long afterwards. But that pal, you know, if you combine the pal and the emotion, man, that's a five star read right there. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and you know, it's difficult to remember to do. Um, you know, smaller details, and, and um, that's some of the things that, I, that I've learned from my first book to, mm-hmm. you know, my 12th book, and um, and that's why I think that the suspense for me is, is, is one of my favorites because it's about the little, the little details, you know, and, and when you bring the story, you know, full circle, it's like, oh, my God, is that why mm-hmm. he had that on that time, or is that, you know, like, is that what, remember she said that earlier in the book, and that's what she was talking mm-hmm. about, and and I just like mm-hmm. that part where it, it it keeps you connecting to earlier parts of the stories because I think that mm-hmm. that's how you get a good, you know, a, a reader to stick with your series. Right. Because they're going to keep wanting of- to – go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I was going to say, and speaking of the suspense, because I can hear the passion and and what you and and how you're describing, and as well as our listening audience can feel it. Take us through your 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 suspense writing. What is your process? What is what drives you? I mean, how do you live your characters and just keep them relevant and suspenseful and exciting? Um, actually, um, my characters for some reason lately. Um, it initially started with my sci-fi book, and I I, I wrote it. I call it semi-sci-fi, but um, it it was the Amazon women that had supernatural powers, um, mm. you know. And it was it was it was us. It was it was black women, and we 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 could touch the ground and grow grow plants. We could read minds, mm. and we could you know do all of these supernatural things. And from there, I went into okay. Um, Let's let's go a step further. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. super fascinated lately with um, 
telepathy and metaphysical connections. And, you know, mm-hmm. as a writer, I, I often feel that um, when when my book is finished, I feel like it was something that I wrote before because mm-hmm. um, as I'm like, I never do, um, I never, I never do like plot circles or I, I, I never really know how the book is going to turn out. I just write. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. my characters, I become each character, even the male characters, even the male characters in my, um, in, in my Christian fiction. Um, I began as a preacher, a male preacher saying how much I love my wife. And in every detail, I was him. And in my suspense characters, they had so many secrets that it left me as a fan as I was writing it. And that's how, that's why I like it so much because I get to write it from both the writer's side and the the fan side because I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, what is, you know, when I start writing again tomorrow, what's going to (laughs) happen? You know, and Mm -hmm. it's just fun. It's just fun um, to, to write it that way for me. That that mm-hmm. way I'm in just as much suspense as I'm writing as I I would expect a reader to be. Well, that's a good thing because we we love that. Now I believe you said your eleventh and twelfth book were suspense. Uh, tell right. us a little bit about your your last book, your twelfth book. Um, it is called Tell No Lies, and it is a part two. Um, I I made it a um initially, um part one was about it's called the the series is called the Dream Saga. And mm-hmm. it's it's like um the it was a family of women who um they any any guy they had sex with he he developed mental issues like he oh. was he became homicidal and suicidal and it was because of a curse in the family they mm-hmm. they only had daughters and every daughter either her man tried to kill her or he killed or she had to kill him. Or he wow. killed himself, or like somebody died every time. Somebody died every time, and um, mm-hmm. by the girl, by the end of it, uh, when I started writing it, it was a whole family. But by the end of it, it was really one person being reincarnated over and over again because she kept making the same choices and the same mistakes. Talk about suspense. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you know, she it went down seventy three generations. You know, of course, I did one through five, and then skipped a few and. Um, you know, but it went mm-hmm. down until the 73rd or 72nd generation, and one of the ancestors came to her in a dream like, okay, we tired of watching you screw this up. So now mm-hmm. we got to be more direct. We're going to give you a direct choice. You got to do this or do this. What are you going to do? And she ended up mm-hmm. making, you know, the right decision. And then part two, you know, once you once you, you – you realize who you are and you, you become what, you know, what everybody's calling woke or whatever. You, you, you mm-hmm. really become responsible be, for your, for your impact on every, everybody and everything you interact with in the universe. But mm-hmm. when you are young, a teenager, that's a burden. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you just want to grow and live and right. enjoy your life. And she had to make this decision at 16 to like, that would help. Any anybody that came after her and her family, mm-hmm. and now moving forward, now she's 26 in part two, and she's like, "Look, I done paid my debt. I just want to live my life, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But with her family history, mm-hmm. she couldn't live her life, so she started telling lies to create a new life. Until she told so many lies, she didn't even remember who she really was. So mm-hmm. now the answer has to come back, like, okay, girl." Like, you know, we helped you the last time. 
we, you know, you you can't run from us and you can't run from who you are. So mm-hmm. I had to bring her full circle till she met a guy that she could not lie to because she was telling so many lies that she had begun to lie to herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she's wow. going through the story. You meet her and, you know, she's like, yeah, I, I've been lying for a long time. I lie about this and I lie about that, but I'm going to stop lying. And then her phone rings and she tells a lie. And then she goes, she comes <laughs> back and she's like, she's like, yeah, because, you know, if I don't tell the truth, nobody's really going to know enough about me to tell my story when I go. And then she meets right. up with somebody for, for a brunch and she, they lie to each other the whole conference, the whole time they were sitting together. And then she leaves wow. and she lies to her best friend. Like, you know, you're going through her day with her and she's telling herself, you know, I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to start telling the truth. But mm-hmm. she keeps lying, even to herself. And um, mm. finally... The ancestors in her, you know, they, they have her meet her, you know, what she thinks he's her true love. And she thinks that that's who he's for her because she can't lie to him. Mm-hmm. No matter how mm-hmm. hard she tries, she can't tell him a lie. Right. And so right. the the story is, is called The Dream Saga, but it's entitled Tell No Lies. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, really, you know, this go ahead. With, I'm, I'm sorry, Jose. With suspense, do you ever start out? Um, with a, a plot in mind, and once you get mm-hmm. into the different characters, they seem to take a, a, a mind of their own and be off to a different whole other story. You know, I initially just start with a simple idea. Mm-hmm. I start with a simple with, with my first one. It was just like uh, generational curses. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Generational curses, things that we pass on to our children and not even realizing it. You know, like as women, we pass hurt on a lot. Right. We pass hurt right. on a lot. And in the beginning of it, she was jealous of this girl. You know, they were in Africa and, you know, you choose, you select your mate and if they don't choose you back, you got to choose somebody else. So the mm-hmm. guy she wanted didn't choose her and she was envious of him and she, she still, you know, of the girl he ended up with, she still went and got pregnant by him. So now she created a whole line, bloodline that was not even supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So everybody after that had to live with her bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they made poor, the same poor choices of lusting and, and, you know, not even, okay, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know I should right. be with him, but I'm going. I I love him. I want him. I need him. And you know, like that, it really just started with you know what we pass a lot of things down to our children that we don't even realize. And That's then so with true. part with part two, it was like okay, even once we realize what we're doing, then it's you know a lot of times we lie the most to ourselves because mm-hmm. we think that we're supposed to want certain things. Like, you know, when, when you're when you're coming up, okay, you're supposed to want a husband and a career and two point five babies and you know, you know mm-hmm. you know, like they have a whole box a whole box you're supposed to want to be in. And mm-hmm. not everybody is built for that. Not everybody right. is gonna be happy in in that life. And I actually ended up there because at twenty five I was married with children with um a degree and I still was like no. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. like no. And 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 mm-hmm. the crazy thing was I had no books out. But I I was supposed to be happy because I was okay. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And mm-hmm. I literally 26th birthday came up and it was like what do you want? Okay, I want a divorce. I want to move to mm-hmm. a different state and I want to write. Mm-hmm. You know like we had I had to stop lying to myself about whether or not I was happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, right in the book, like the simple idea for part two was 
we lie all the time, even when we think we're being honest. You know, we we lie to That's ourselves. True. As That's women, we, 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 we pretend to be happy for our children. We pretend to be happy mm-hmm. for our spouses. We pretend to be happy for our bosses. No, I'm not tired. I can stay a few hours and get the rest of this paperwork done. Or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. okay, baby, yes, I, my, mommy just worked all of these hours. But, yes, I can stay up and watch that Disney princess for the 1,700 time. <laughs> you, you know, exactly. And, okay, but I know, I, honey, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the basketball game. But I'm gonna put on this jersey and root for the team, <laughs> you know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we as and as women, we do carry a lot. But you were talking about this yesterday. This is still Tony. Uh, that generational pain, and sometimes it's just a revolving door with the pain, mm-hmm. and it may even take a generation to try to ease up on that pain, you know. And mm-hmm. it's so true that we as women, we carry a lot on our shoulders. We really do. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I come from um, a, a, a big family. My mom was the 16th of 16 children. Wow. And all of the women had issues with men. All of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. All there were there were eight girls and eight boys. My grandmother had four husbands and all of her daughters, you know, couldn't they, they couldn't be stable and happy in relationships and then now we're we're older now we're in our 30s you know their children we're in our 30s and we're having the same issues and I have a daughter I have a daughter so I'm like you know what I have to look at me and fix that because I need to teach her how not to be that right but I can't teach her like I can't give her something I don't have so I gotta go find it I have to find Mm -hmm. it in me to give it to her Mm-hmm. To improve that next generation, right? To, you know, to save her mm-hmm. from the, from that hurt, you know, because that hurt is real and it lasts. Like I said, generational. But just yeah, I want to talk about you. You know, you you. This is your twelfth book. You've been in the the game for four years. Is there one thing that you can take away in those four years that you've learned while you were writing, or even just in a literary world itself? Yes, just I mean. Every every industry has their beef and quarrels and drama. For me, the one thing I would tell anybody coming in, just write, no matter what. No matter what, mm-hmm. write what you want to write. Write what you would want to read. You know, don't let anybody, don't don't let what everybody else is doing determine what you want to do. Don't let, you know, even a publisher, because my the book, that has my top ratings. I had authors love this book and promote this book when they read it. My erotica series, my publisher, mm-hmm. when I initially signed, because when I first um, released the book, I was signed to someone. Um, mm-hmm. She told me she didn't even want the erotica series I pitched to her. She told me don't write it. And mm-hmm. to date right now, out of all 12 of my books, that's my top seller. But she told really? me don't write it. Yeah, she told me, you know, she told, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't like it. It's the um, High Heels and Homicide series where it was a female serial killer, and mm-hmm. um, she had a shoe fetish, and she she thought that her strongest personality trait at the at that time was determined by whatever shoe she was wearing. <laughs> so wow. if she was wearing flats, you know, we tend to become superheroes when we wear these stilettos. You feel better. You walk with more confidence. You know, you're bolder, you know, like a, a Beyonce, Sasha Fierce type Sasha Fierce type of thing. But this mm-hmm. woman, when she's wearing flats, she's easily manipulated and shy and, and you know, bashful. 
and shamefaced. But when she's wearing stilettos, not only is she bold, but she kills her lovers over like shoes. Oh, you know, oh. right, <laughs> right. So it's like a complete flip. But she didn't. She didn't want it. She didn't want it at all. And had I listened to her, I would never have written it. But like when I go back to my to my reviews, there are authors, best-selling authors that are in love with this book. Mm-hmm. And wow. and I, I actually had um, Ashanti Keys, and I love her as an author. I, I I just love her so much. I admire her so much. And she she posted on Facebook like um you know I, I gifted her my book, and she posted on Facebook like no come to this post right now. We need to talk about this book right now. <laughs> and, you know, and I was so flattered because the, the I got a review saying I've never read a book like this. How often do you hear that? How often do you hear I've never read a book like this? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't mm-hmm. wait for book two. But she mm-hmm. didn't want it. She told me not to write it. So had I uh, listened. Shout out, the, shout out that title once again so our listeners can know which one to. to High Heels to and Homicide. High Heels and Homicide, and it's erotica. And speaking of erotica, Just Jay, tell us about the the book of poems. Is it um ex, rated ex, explicit rated? What is the yes. exact title of that Ra- one? Rated explicit. Um, okay. I have actually three books of poetry. Well, two books mm-hmm. of poetry, and then one is uh short is short romance stories with poetry um in it. But um, I write love poems, and then I write erotica poems. So uh, Rated Explicit is basically many, many scenes. Like, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll write out scenes, but in a poem, in poetry. And mm-hmm. it's, it's um, you know, erotica scenes. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that versatile pen Miss Just J. Warner has over there. Make sure you guys check her out. Reese, you back with us, girl? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I had to get the kid. I had to get the kid together. Of course, mommy duty. <laughs> I had to get. You know, I'll be trusting him to turn on the stove. I'll be up here just minding my business. I'll be like, "What is that burning?" And he be like, "Nothing burning. No, I don't trust you. I got it. What's going on? Oh Lord! <laughs> I'll take Can't care. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I look the mama. You know, when your mama say, "I'll do it myself," that ain't no. A uh, good thing. Good thing. <laughs> Your mama say, "I'll do it myself." That means you done jacked some stuff up before, and she she ain't trying to make you part of her ministry at the moment. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. She does not want to know. You know, she does not want to let you create whatever you are brewing up in the kitchen. Absolutely. So nobody got time for that. And nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we are so we are so frippin' proud of you. And we want you to keep doing what you're doing. And you know here on Let's Chat now, see so you did all that erotica talking, you know Miss T always got that fun factor. So I don't know what she gonna ask you. But I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. You ready, Lisa? You ready, Lisa? <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for uh, just just always gracing us with your presence, with your journey, with your knowledge here in the chat room. We so appreciate you and everything that you have done. Like Lisa said, we are so proud of you. But uh, I'm going to give you a little prop, and I want you to give us a little mini erotica poem. And I'm going to, because we love hearing us chat, hearing our guest creative juices flow instantaneous, right, Lisa? So okay. we want you to give us a little a little erotica poem, and I want you to include a prop, and your prop is going to be a whip. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so 
let's see. Um, just just the sound of it crack had my mind going and, and my juice was flowing, and I knew right away that he was in control. Five minutes of his time, and, and I wanted to give him every dime I had just to let him take control of me every day. Every day I wanted to let him take my take control and let him take his toll on my body. The whip hit my, my cheeks and it hit my feet, and I didn't know what to do. Everything in me started to leak. My mouth started to drip. My <laughs> my body started to give everything of me to him. And all I could say was yes. Yes, I will give it. Yes, I will bow to you. Yes, I will give you whatever it is you want from me. Just yes. And at the end of the day, once the music began to play and it was time to go, I wish that it wasn't a movie. I wish that he really was in control. Mm, all right, all right, Lee. <laughs> I like that. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. I think the whips are a, a lot of fan, you know, are in a lot of fantasies, and I think uh-huh. that a lot of us will not admit that we like those types of things. So it will always be something like a little bit taboo, you know. Uh-huh. We'll we'll say we like it, and then some people will say, "Oh, I, I want it, I want it," but won't try it. And that's why, you know, at the end, I'm like, okay, she fantasizes about it, but she's not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, clearly, that wasn't it. I like mm-hmm. I like it though. I've actually tried it. I, I like it. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> you fast. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you you know, in order to get into you know, you gotta write your characters. You gotta experience some experience of the things you experience, right? And um, mm-hmm. in in high heels, there was a BD, there was a BDSM element in it, where her neighbor actually kidnapped her and she became his uh, submissive. So Mm -hmm. I had to um, experience some of the things in order to be able to write them, you know, Mm -hmm. like relatable, really. And make it real. (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, it's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. You don't want to, you don't want to get tied up and then they lose their mind. Girl. (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) And you and, and you you can't say nothing, but in your mind you're like, I I know I told you no to that. I specifically said no. <laughs> I, I didn't think I, I didn't think I wavered on that. I, I believe right. I was here. <laughs> right in your mind you're like, no. On on page three of the contract, I know that that's what it says. <laughs> Not the contract. You bust out the contract. Oh no, girl, you gotta bust out a contract with because you know our men don't know their strength sometimes and. Do you tell them? Do you gonna let you gonna hand them some rope and let them tie you up? And they get all types of <laughs> Marvel character strength, and, all, <laughs> and and you didn't realize that he could do that. You know, I've been asking you to move that table for three months, but you lifted the whole bed across the room when I said I was, <laughs> you know, I was gonna agree to do this. <laughs> let me tell you, child, get you a tens. Get you a tens unit, and that'll flip it right on around. That table will get moved right when you ask for it. Right. <laughs> You're the last day. Nothing, nothing with no little electrical play won't solve. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right. You, he's like, by the time you let him go, you know what? Anything else you need me to move? Well, um. <laughs> right, right, right. He all in. He's like, what else you need? 
but you you straight because I can do that. I know I, you know I know you say you got it, but I I got it for you. Matter of fact, you know what? Just can... just sit down. Yeah, just sit down. I'm a. I got it. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, you know, you are always, always welcome back in the chat room. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us and take time out of your busy day. We appreciate you. you. We are so proud of you, and you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, and I'm proud of you, ladies. I will continue to listen. Thank you so much. We love when she comes on. She is just the sweetest. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this is Friday night, y'all. We just saying it's Friday. We don't discriminate. Whatever you got in your red cup, it's okay. That's Our right. Today is just breathe. It's just breathe. Sometimes you just gotta breathe and let it go, and 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 just relax. And a lot of times when we are going through the hustle and the bustle of life and dreams and passion. We get so wrapped up in the the details of it. We we tend mm-hmm. to forget a lot of things, and we tend to skip a lot of things because we're wrapped up in too many details. Sometimes you just got to just breathe. So we got our next fabulous guest who is an erotic author, the fabulous author Tacoma Washington. Hey, how are you? Good evening. Hi, ladies. Hi, Miss T. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Oh, let me find out. He's coming up in the chat room with the Barry White tonight. Welcome. Barry White. I am a few octaves far from that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Got the, got the lady sitting up straight. Let me find out, Mr. Tacoma Washington. Welcome to, to the chat room. Thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. My pleasure, indeed. Thank you so much. And uh, also, uh, congratulations on your upcoming 200, uh, 200 show as well. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> so we're we going to talk about the, the topic, of the, the title of this book in a minute, child, because, you know, chasing waterfalls, I'm just, you know, wondering what you got going mm-hmm. on up in there. But I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey before we get started. No doubt, no problem. This is my first uh, novel that was recently published in uh, February of this year, and uh, it took a long time, over at least, I have to be honest, at least uh, five years in the making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, it's, uh, I, uh, you know, so I published it, you know, through a, a publishing company called Lulu, and uh, I financed it myself. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just super excited about it now, you know, you know, using all the social media outlets and uh, telling friends and family, you know, to, uh, you know, support a brother and, you know, just tell your friends about it. So I'm just uh, mm-hmm. super excited about it. Oh. All right. Now, this is Tony Tacoma. Tell us what was happening in your world that this, this, you decided to actually pen this book. Uh, well, you know, like I said, it took over five years to write it. Because, as a matter of fact, I think last night's guest, I was listening in, Miss um, Georgia Dawkins, she mm-hmm. said uh, something, uh, your worst enemy can be yourself, getting in your own Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's true. And that's what I was doing. You know, I was a city employee, you know, had a, you know, a lot of things going on in life, like everybody, you know, you know, average okay. day. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just couldn't niche any time to get this thing completed. And uh, I, I, I would always hear people say, you have to 
dedicate some time, a block of time, whatever time of the uh-huh. day you can. If it's 30 minutes, uh-huh. an hour, just do that. And then um, I finally did that. And uh, that's uh-huh. how I was able to, you know, start it and then complete it. And some of the inspiration uh-huh. that I, you know, that helped me complete it was Steve Harvey. I used to listen to his morning address in the morning about just uh-huh. make today, stop putting it off. Just make today your first day. Just do something. And, uh-huh. uh, and just, you know, close friends that I work with, just, you know, I used to write a, a short stories and I let a few of my colleagues read them uh-huh. and they would just, they, they loved them. And they said, you got to do something with it. I said, I plan to, I just have to, you know, get it off the ground, get started. And I just made one day, I started and made one day, day one. And I, and I just uh, continued from there and I never looked back. Wow. Yes. Last night's show was, was awesome. She just, she dropped some major jewels. So we thank you for tuning in last night. Oh, definitely. My, you know, of course. And she was everything. She she really, really, really uh, gave us things to kind of think about as far as jewels mm-hmm. that we can keep. Um, because a lot of times we are doing that. You know, everybody yeah. and everything comes before whatever it is we really, really want to do. And then a mm-hmm. lot of times we get upset. Now, we upset because it's not going the way we want, but we weren't prepared to begin with, but we upset now um, because we didn't set the time to decide. We didn't do what we were supposed to do, but we kind of wanted to say, well, you needed this, and, and I had to do this, and it really, really, it was really us, um, not yeah. taking the time out to to be us and do us for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. That is true. Even mm-hmm. like tonight's case, uh, Miss Just Jay. Uh, she dropped some some jewels, and I, and I and I I would love to speak with her personally. You know, I love her creative mind. You know, with the and what uh, one of the novels that uh, she completed, uh, High Heels and something. I forgot the name of it, but oh yeah, the, the serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that one I definitely want to read. And tell me no lies. I, you know, generational pain. I want to read that as well. She has a a beautiful creative mind. Mm-hmm. She really does. Yes, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Now tell us about your creative uh, mind because you write BBW characters. Um, tell us a little bit about why you you choose to write about that uh, BB and tell uh, tell everybody what BBW is because a lot of people don't know what that is. Uh, big black beautiful women. You know, there's an extra B on it. <laughs> you could throw an extra B on it in big black beautiful women, but BBW, uh, big beautiful women. That's you know that <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. And the uh, mm-hmm. the inspiration, you know, it's just uh, that particular genre is just uh, you know what can I say? You know, when I was uh, when I was young, my father used to uh, uh, have Playboy in his den, and uh, there was an old school magazine called Forum, and uh, I used to read those, and mm-hmm. I used to really enjoy reading the articles more more so than you know just looking at the pictures. And um, I just I just enjoy reading that. Also, when I was you know uh, in junior high school, my high school, I used to enjoy reading those uh, those romance magazines. Still, you know, that you find at the supermarket, and uh, uh-huh. I, countless you know countless number of those type of magazines. So it was just uh-huh. my forte. It's just my forte, and it's something I just you know I like uh-huh. to write about. So I just uh, I just <laughs> flip it. You know. I he do, got a big old I smile do. on his face, T. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I can see it through the waves. 
it's funny. I know, just, uh, you know, the last guest, Just Jay, just Jay, she said, uh, you know, write what you love, and that's what I do. You know, if in the future I'm led to a different genre, you know, I'll, you know, graciously upset, you know, uh, accept that. I'll, I'll go in the direction. But right now, this is something that I love to do. And she also mentioned about, you know, the other characters in her book, as well as mine, characters in my book, writing from a uh, female perspective, which wasn't, you know, borderline. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it was hard to do or easy to do. Kept quiet for a while and just, you know, got in tune with that feminine side. You know, not embarrassed to say that. And and just wrote, mm-hmm. you know, I just wrote. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, edited a few times, went back and changed that, you know, saying a woman a woman wouldn't say that. Or, you know, and it's just... Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just did it. You know, just did it. I love yeah. it. Now, tell us about Chasing Waterfalls. First of all, we're going to get into this cover, child. What, what you got going on with this cover? Well, I, can cover tell, is, I can tell you being fast already, just from the water... So her eye, we uh-huh. see we look bougie here. We're very bougie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you I know, a cover that. can yes, a cover can tell you a lot. And it don't have to be a naked body on the cover. It don't have to be sure. a half naked character on the cover. It could be um, the sexiest thing. It could be a shoe. Mm-hmm. It could be a calf, mm-hmm. a leg, or some mm-hmm. shoulder. But now she's giving us yeah. eye. This eye here that she's mm-hmm. giving us, telling us some things about chasing waterfalls. So tell us a little bit about this book. <laughs> Well, that's true. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It, it was just, uh, you know, first I came up with the title, and then I was, uh, you know, you know, just looking around for something that embodied the title itself. And mm-hmm. this being my first novel, it was a lot of work, but I wouldn't change a thing. I loved the, you know, the footwork that I that I did to get this done, and I just looked searchly, and when I, come, you know, when I came across this particular picture, it just it grabbed me. Like, that's just the way I do things. You know, when something, if I'm looking for, you know, a car or a suit or something like that, or a pair of shoes, it, it has to grab me. And that picture grabbed me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you know, as I as I went along, I learned a lot, you know, about the process, you know, uh, copyrights and, and purchasing the picture and things like that. And so I purchased the picture. And, and then the title itself, Chasing the Waterfalls, uh, funny that you ask. That stuck with me for years because that that TLC song that came out in the '90s. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I, you know, when that song first came out, uh, it just it was a it was, it was a well written song, you know, and uh, and I just said if I do anything, you know, in the literature world, I, I want to write something and use that title, and uh, and it just it just made sense because. The, the concept of chasing waterfalls is, you know, just uh, not lose touch, keep in tune with yourself, and don't go, ch- don't, as the lyrics say, you know, don't go chasing waterfalls. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just be wary of the things that, that look attractive to you, or the grass is always green on the other side, and uh, mm-hmm. it just embodies the entire book. Awesome, awesome. Now, Tacoma, this is Tony. Tell us a little bit about this, this erotic novel, Chasing Waterfalls. Okay. Well, it's uh, it. I I can't say that it's a semi-autobiography, but Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's about a um, a a young brother. He's a a New York City cop. His name is Jonah, and Mm -hmm. he's married to his wife, who's ambitious. Excuse me. Uh, Her name is Shayla, uh, Shayla, and she's recently promoted to the rank of sergeant. 
and uh, she's just always in the limelight. You know, she's always at the right place at the right time, making great arrests and, you know, on the news. And Jonah feels neglected and, uh, you know, just left behind uh, on, you know, on the job. They're both cops Mm -hmm. and even uh, in their personal lives. You know, he's just, he's not getting that attention that he, you know, once did. Uh And, um, you know, like I said, he's just feeling neglected. And Jonah has a cousin, Dylan, and they've been riding partners do or die, you know, from, uh, from the, from the, uh, from the crib. And uh, as Jonah uh, got older and became a cop, he uh, left those things behind. He didn't run the streets as hard as he used to with his cousin, Dylan. Um, but uh, right. they were still, you know, best of friends. Cousins, but still best of friends. And Dylan mm-hmm. uh, meets a girl. Dylan meets a girl, a character in the book. Uh, her name is Latoya Morgan. And uh, he falls in love. And uh, one day when Latoya is at uh, uh, Dylan's house, uh, she meets Dylan's cousin, Jonah. And she's just captivated by this man. You know, this is definitely her type. And uh-huh. um, they, you know, not to give the whole book away, but they uh-huh. end up getting together and uh, my chagrin, you know, Jonah does have an affair uh, with this Latoya. And uh, there's some things that she's involved with uh, that jeopardizes her career you know, as a financial uh-huh. director to a university. And uh, Jonah uh, with his with his cousin Dylan, he has some other friends, and it's just a uh, you know it's a lot of uh, drama, it's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of uh, griminess, and it's a lot of griminess. There are a lot uh-huh. of things in the book that that uh, that did take place in my life, or at least you know my cousin's life, and I just it was you know very easy to write because it was uh-huh. just you know just putting the events that happened in you know in our lives together. You know, and uh, you know, in a chapter, you know, chapter one through chapter twenty-six, and just uh, embellished a few parts. But it was it was incredibly fun to write. Mm, it sounds like it. <laughs> I'm over here one clicking right now, Leash. You know, we love one clicking here on the chat room to coma. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I want to go back to coma. This is Leisha. You said it took you five years. To get your book the way to to a place that you you really 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 wanted it to be, what or what is the one thing you can say you learned about yourself in that five years? Wow, um, definitely, definitely, do not procrastinate. <laughs> if you have an idea, just start from that day one. Just don't put it off. You know, again, just you know, uh, even credence to you know Steve Harvey and his his morning address. Don't wait for, you know, I need capital. I need to save up this amount of money to start this. Just start from that day. If it's if it's nothing more than just developing developing the uh the outline or the uh the, the, the characters, just do that. At least you know, okay, I did that, scratch that off. Tomorrow, you know, tomorrow's agenda will be this. You know, art, you know, continued artist development. Because that was one thing that uh that was a little time consuming, but again, I love that process was uh, the artist development. Um, there are some characters that are, you know, fictitious, uh, and um, there was some, like I said before, it's, it's not a, um, a complete autobiography, but Jonah was uh, or is a, uh, a New York City cop, as was I. I'm retired from the NYPD. And um, so the artist development was, was, was something that was fun. And currently now, 
I'm in the process of um, uh, doing, you know, doing the sequel. I'm, I am behind schedule. I am behind schedule. I should have been first going through this process with the, with the sequel than I am. But, again, that learning experience is uh, don't put off anything uh, tomorrow that you can do today and just start mm-hmm. and just press forward and always be coachable, always learn, always mm-hmm. research, always. That's that's one thing I, I, I've done from uh, artist development to creation to uh, publication to um, to promotion. Just learn. If there's anything that catches my eye about uh, something different, how to promote, I'll I'll read it, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'll take notes, take notes, take notes. Um, over the five over the, the, the five years, it was just that I kept putting it off and making the excuse that I don't have time. And uh, mm-hmm. there were, I think there were, I had one or two projects that I was uh, writing during that five time uh, span, and uh, my mother had did some cleaning in a, in a, at a house and came across a manuscript and, and mailed it to me. And, uh, and she remembers, you know, the excitement that I had back then it was, you know, before the World Trade Center went down. And mm-hmm. uh, I looked it over, and I was reading it, and I said, Ugh, you know, <laughs> no, definitely throw this in the trash. Throw this in the trash. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, since then, then when I said, okay, this is going to be the genre that I'm going to stick in and remain in for now and how I'm going with this. And, uh, and you know, when I started from that day one, it was uh, two years later, and you know, from that point to now, where we're at now, or where I'm at now. So, uh, mm-hmm. to me, that's a major accomplishment. I, I couldn't be more excited. Awesome! Absolutely. That's a wonderful journey. Uh-huh. Now I'm about to be nosy, child. I'm about to be nosy. What made you go from one from being a police officer to being here in Georgia, um, following your passion? Well. Um, I don't. I I can't remember all the details, but I I, I know back before I retired, I had uh, some friends and a family that lived out in the in Atlanta, and I came to visit, and uh, and I started considering other places to live, you know, when I retired from New York, and this is this was one of them, and I just, uh, um, you know, I just made you know Atlanta, you know, my home, and that you know, I just. I, I did move back and forth from Atlanta to New York four times, to be honest. At that time, mm-hmm. my uh, my former my former wife, we tried to you know work at the marriage and I gave it a go, but it you know it didn't work, didn't pan out. So that's why I had moved back to New York, and I did that four other times. And then after mm-hmm. the fourth fourth attempt, I just said, uh, I'm, I'm going to make Atlanta home and just stay here, you know. And here I am. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm here in New York, and Leisha's there in Atlanta, so you got the both the birth, best of both I worlds do. here. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know that you were listening to the other show, and you know that Miss T, you know, she, she likes to give these fun questions. I'm not going to – I'm going to say I apologize in advance because it's your first visit, but, child, I'm just yeah. saying – um, your tie, go ahead on and just loosen that tie on up because they don't know what she's going to ask you. Um, yeah. But I'm ready. <laughs> I hope you're ready. Oh, All right, let's, let's, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Right, he was like, okay, well, I'm He's breaking himself, Lee. I, I don't know what it is she's going to ask me. <laughs> no oh, idea. God. 
Okay, Tacoma, I'm going to take it easy because this is your first visit in the chat room, and we want you to come back, but not too easy. (laughs) Now, as you were listening to Just Jay's interview, you know, I I have this fascination. Every night I have this prompt in my head. Now, you know she gave us a nice little treat with the whip at the end of her interview. And last night's show, I know you heard about the stun gun. Was it the stun gun last night, Leash? I don't got so Oh, the night before the last, Marcinet, the night before France, she did the stun gun scene. I don't know if you listened to that interview, but you got to go back and listen to it. So that stun gun was everything. Ooh, everything. those stun guns, Tacoma, the stun guns, all three guests yeah. gave us a little treat. <laughs> but tonight, in honor okay. of, of our New York City police officers, I'm going to give you a, put you in the hands of a BBBW woman a whip. And she's actually mm-hmm. taking down the, she's taking oh, down the purse. Oh, oh, oh. She's a police no, no. officer. A, a TENS <laughs> unit, a TENS unit. Those are fun. A TENS unit. <laughs> okay, Lisa wants you to use a TENS unit. So your your prop tonight is a TENS unit, and it's in the hands of a BBBW police officer, and she's taking down the perp. Give us a little bit of erotica on how she's going to take down the streets of New York City. Okay. I would definitely say the handcuffs have to be a must. They have to come out. You have to be, you have to be submissive. You have to take control. You have to, all right? And and uh, what I love most about uh, BBW, which is also I know I uh, make mention in my blog, I have a weekly blog, is this I love the curves. I love the curves and the, and the weight of a BBW. So she would definitely have to take control, use handcuffs, and just gag them. You gotta, I, know, I know policy is against policy for NYPD, but you have to gag them. I, I don't, you have to you have to you have to yeah to uh, put a little pain and pleasure you have to mix yeah you, you have to mix the two okay so give okay, us a little okay. scene. give us a little mini scene of her doing this <laughs> a little excerpt uh, I, uh, what's the what what's the youngest age of our listeners <laughs> you can't you can't get shut down from the FCC can you Oh, okay. Well, uh-uh. No, we're on blog talk. No. This internet okay. radio. Go ahead on, have at it. It doesn't <laughs> apply? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, it's a gag, and I like blindfold. I like that that uh, that fantasy of the unknown, and you don't know what's before you or what's coming next. All right? And I definitely say, like, a, you have to mix a little plenty of pain and pleasure. So, as she subdues this gentleman, she douses him with, well, both of them with baby oil, right, baby oil, and she has him handcuffed to the bedpost. She gags his mouth and then lights a candle, and he can smell the, the wick burning, and as it gets good and hot, she just allows the hot wax to pour down his back, down his buttocks, down his thighs as he tightens up. He tightens up. So she tells him, if you cry, if you whimper, if you let out any sigh, I'm going to put these handcuffs tighter. And then she just flips him front side and just rides him and tells him, he does not do any type of climbing until she's ready. So he doesn't know whether she's just enjoying this or she's a little sadistic, but 
he is going to make sure that he pleasures her completely until she says enough is enough. So you have the baby oil, you have the hot wax. When you're blindfolded and you don't know where it's coming from, that can take you to the threshold of some 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 deep shit. Excuse me, some deep stuff. Excuse me. Talk that talk. Oh man. <laughs> Wow, well, all well, right. Thank you so much. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I know. He gave me a couple of props to work with on that one, Lisa. Right, because the blindfold, he threw that blindfold in there. And I was like, you're right. You got to be blindfolded. That's what that God, is. That anticipation and fear at the same time. Like, ooh, the I just don't time. know. But this is going to be great. Yeah. But, ooh, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I like you, that. You know what? A lot of... Uh, you know, uh, my uh, my former spouse, you know, was uh, also retired from NYPD, and she used to mm-hmm. sometimes tell me, you know, let me tell you what this guy said to me, you know, when I was at work, and you know, and I just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, just, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh yeah, what else did he say? And nine times out of ten, guys always said, you know, you know, arrest me, just arrest, do what you want to me, you know, and I was like, all right, you know, okay, all right. So, but, <laughs> Were you, you in some type of feelings, Dan? Let me find out. Tell me. You were in some kind of feelings. <laughs> of course, of course. How do you think that book was written so so well and so so quickly? Of course. All right, now. Get your mm-hmm. one click going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You are more than welcome. I got one more, more question welcome. for you. Head out the chat room because you 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 were formula married. Um, so yeah. how many calls did you get about your book? Like, did she call you and be like, Tacoma, page 35? No. Business. No. Business. You, you know how it is. You know, on social media, you have that You have that option to block a person. So. Oh. He said, how are you on everybody? Let me find out. Yep, I, told, I was spilling, y'all, he's spilling tea in this book. All y'all ladies, I'm just saying he's spilling tea. So if y'all yeah. left him in a bad way, just know your tea mm-hmm. is all spilt in them pages. Mm-hmm. It, you know what, and the, and the reason I said that, the reason I say that, that she had, I had to block her, because unfortunately she was, uh, she, was, she was not a motivational force behind me. There were a lot of times I had this routine that I would say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to finish this chapter or start this chapter. And uh, I would always go out front or in the back and on the patio and, and you know, and uh, it was dark out. I had a little scotch before I came in the house and I would get my, my thoughts clear. She, she, she used to be jealous about that. You know, mm-hmm. she, she did not like that, but never, you know, never, you know, gave me any props to say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. You know, and, and uh, it wasn't like I was taking away time from her because I would tell her, listen, I'm going to go outside, get my head straight, think about tomorrow's chapter, how I'm going to end it or start it. I'll be outside for 30 minutes. I would tell her that. And if I came in earlier, great. If I, and if I was running late, I said, you know, something else I want to get straight, I would come back in. Ten more minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I came back in, she was always preoccupied, you know, preoccupied on the cell phone. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she was, yeah. Yeah, and looking you are today. And looking you today. Initially, you know, initially, I the, the book was dedicated to her. It was, and then, uh, you know, when that divorce was final, I took that page out. I had to take it out. Nope, took it right out. Oh, wow. right. I, you know, I'm not bitter. 
I'm not bitter. I just, you know, you have to read the book. You read the book and you can say, okay, wow, I, I wonder what part is truth and, you know, what part isn't. What part happened to him and what part didn't. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm going mm-hmm. to invite my readers to find out. So we're going to have you back on. We're going to have you back on for a mind, body, and soul segment. We do mind, body, and soul segments. And that's where we're able to talk to authors that don't write a particular genre. They are um, nonfiction authors, so they they write about this life and love and whatever. But we're going to have you back on for a a soul, a mind, body, and soul segment. Um, Because you talked Mm -hmm. a a little bit about... um, about your journey with her, your relationship and the going back and forth. And so many people do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so many people that do that. And sometimes it does work out and then sometimes it doesn't. But I think that we already have that pre it's in our minds already. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. what it will be. Um, and we want to get mm-hmm. a male's point of view. See, a lot of times people like to say we, we bash. We don't bash. We just don't have a good male point of view to come on through and and, mm-hmm. and say what it is, not, you know, because, you know, a lot of times with women, I'm not going to say we're bossy, but we are influencers. And yeah. sometimes yeah. But because we are influencers, um, people tend to be a little, um, uh, what's a nice word I can use? They tend to yeah, they they tend to be a little um, taken aback by our um, influence abilities, and and yeah. they, they sometimes they feel a way about that. And a yeah. lot of men may feel um, feel a way because uh-huh. a lot of women, uh-huh. most women, especially black women, we are influencers. It's not that we yeah. we're really bossy, but it's just like. It's our job to influence. That's like what we do. Yes. And some people are intimidated by that. And so we want to have you on for one of our Mind, Body, and Soul segments, Uh, a black man that's not intimidated by a woman and her influence, but yet be able to tell us, okay, now, now ladies, I understand this, but this is what this is right here, so that we can have a full, well-rounded conversation. Uh From a man's yeah, point of view. <laughs> Thank you. I look, I look forward to that. I look forward to that because I have a comment about mm-hmm. that right now, but I'll hold that for that <laughs> segment. Yeah, you hold that for yeah, my next like, segment. I got something to say about that right now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we appreciate you. Can I, can you. I, can can I give a quick shout-out? Uh, you sure absolutely. can. Okay, so I definitely want to thank uh, my friends and colleagues and family members, uh, um, Ayana Castro, Val Light, Madonna Lambert, Lakeisha Barlow, uh, Roger Gibbs, Kim Tisa Taylor, uh, Karima Corston, Wendy Whittington, Peggy Young. Those just some, just just a few of my, you know, family and friends that just that you know were the motivational force and just showed so much love and support. And if I've forgotten your names, those that I invited you to listen in, if I've forgotten, blame it on my heart, not my mind. And uh, and I thank I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you to Nini Capri because she's the one that told you to reach out Prepare to me. To us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Ms. Nini Capri. We so enjoyed Mr. Tacoma Washington here in the chat room tonight with his, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, his rip. <laughs> his Can I get one of those Kevin, Kevin Hart drops? Can I get one of those Kevin Hart drops? <laughs> 
Go ahead, give it to him, Lee. Alright, alright, alright! <laughs> yeah! Absolutely. We no love it. No we love it, we love it. We thank you for coming to kick it with us. I make sure I shoot that date in your box because we gonna we gonna talk that talk. We gonna get a good a man a man's point of view. He gonna come in here and he gonna he gonna lay down the law, ladies, and let us know. Yes, y'all are influencers, but let me tell y'all a few things. <laughs> Absolutely, now Tacoma, please shout out your social media handle so our listeners can follow you and keep them apprised of everything that you're doing and where they can get your book at. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Chasing Waterfalls, an erotic novel, is available online at uh, Barnes and Nobles and Amazon and basically any other literary outlet you can find. Uh, on Facebook, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Twitter, uh, I, uh, I am Tacoma, and uh, all of them. All the rest are uh, Tacoma, Washington. And uh, also, www.tacomawashington.com. Every Wednesday, uh, hump day, I have a, a weekly blog. So please tune in, join, leave your comments. Let me know what you think. All right. So make sure you follow this brother right here because he got some things to say. And once again, Tacoma, thank you so much for joining me and Alicia here tonight on Let's Chat. It was my pleasure. Ladies, have a good night and a safe weekend, please. You Thank too. you. You do the same. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. All right, Leash. I like Mr. Tacoma Washington. He had a great point of view. Yes, <laughs> It was a fun interview. <laughs> yes, and then that that blindfold, I'm like, yeah, you got it. Man, it's nothing <laughs> like um, having a man's point of view. Uh, and and mm-hmm. not just a, a demanding man, but a, a man that appreciates. He appreciates the strength of a woman. But he, mm-hmm. at the same time, can give you his point of view without um, – a feeling that he has to feel away about anything you stand for or anybody, anything you are. You know what I'm saying? I love right. that. Right. And so I can't wait to have him back on the show. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. If you are just tuning in, no worries. Just go back to our archives here on blogtalk.com and check out our first Two fabulous guests. You can also catch us on any podcast app. You just search Let's Chat with Miss Leisha and uh, Miss Tony and Leisha, and uh, all of our 195 shows uh, will appear. We are rolling up on our 200th show really quick, and I'm so mm-hmm. excited uh, for our 200th show. I can't believe this. Like when we first started this, I never imagined we would go 200 shows in. Mm-hmm. Never imagined. I so agree. <laughs> But we appreciate everybody. We have had a wonderful week. Make sure y'all check out all of the archives. We have had authors um, to come in and just really bless us with not only their their world, but their talent. They have left something. Every interview we have, somebody has left something for somebody else to be able to pick up and take along on Mm -hmm. their own personal journey. So we appreciate you guys for that. We got this next fabulous lady up in here. Kimberly Jones. Now, I met her at AANBC Awards, I want to say two years back, and she Mm -hmm. was a book buyer. She is so fabulous. She does more than just the the two things that I put down, because this lady be doing some things. She always got her hand 
in something. And I'm just so proud of her. So we're excited that she wanted to share her newest venture with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Is she with us? I'll make sure. Um, if you can press your one, and we'll bring you into the to the studio. Eight four. This is her right here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you, ladies, today? We are good, Miss Kimberly Jones. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. I always love listening to you guys and talking with you guys. You guys are like the best show. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you so very much. So, child, you got to tell us what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen since the last time you was in the chat room. I know it's been a minute. Um, so, at the time in which I was talking, when I talked to you guys before, I was I was a, a buyer for a Little Shop of Stories, a children's bookstore. But now I'm an author myself, um, and so I'm super excited that um, with my writing partner Julie and I, we closed on a two book deal. In January with Sourcebook, um, we have our book Master Servants, and then we have an untitled companion book for Master Servants. Um, Master Servants is scheduled to come out in fall of 2019, and the companion book will come out fall 2020. So we're super excited about that, and we um, we had a couple options on the table, but Sourcebooks was like an ideal situation because we wanted a mid-sized publisher, um, so we wouldn't get lost in the sauce. But also, they're the largest you know, female-owned publisher in the world. So that was, like, a selling point for us. So it's been really, like, a blessing and an amazing journey. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. I love Um, it. You said that the name of the book is Master Servant? Master Servant. (laughs) You fast. I know. You said a little bit about this. Right, what you got going on in between them pages? Just, just let us, just give us a little taste of what you got going on. Because the title means that you fast. But I don't want to say fast because, you know, you might not really be being fast up in there, but it just sounds like there's some things going on. That title, what right? What you got going on, Scott? Well, I can, I can say I'm not being fast, but my character is a little bit fast. Um, <laughs> but the, the character in the book is fast. I'm a good girl. Um so Master Service, that title came from uh, my my partner. Now, we had like three or four other titles before that. And part of what we did when we were researching the book is we talked to a SWAT team. And so the book is about a riot. Um, and so they never, the SWAT team never referred to a riot as a riot. They always would say, we were dealing with a master servant. We were trying to maintain contain control of a master servant. And so one day we just looked at each other and we were like, oh, my God, that's the title. It's master servant. So I wrote my, my the book with my friend, um, Gili, Jewish. And um, basically I write Lena, who's a black girl. I write her voice. And Gili writes uh, Campbell, who's a white girl in the book. She writes her vo- voice. And the book is told and alternating chapters. So I write all the Lena chapters. She writes all of the Campbell chapters. And it takes place over a four-hour period. Um, two 17-year-old girls caught in a Baltimore Ferguson-style riot that takes place here in Atlanta. And it's all about these two girls coming together to try to survive the night. But you see how completely different their perspective is because of their background. So I like to say it's not a book about race. It's a book about perspective. 
All right. That sounds good, Lisa. You know me and Lisa book bougie here on this chat. I'm bougie <laughs> myself. Child. And so that name, that name draws you in because, you know, we, we always say this. Your The title of your book, the cover, the synopsis, all, and your personality, if you don't have a fan page, is part of your eye candy. And that title, mm-hmm. I have to say, by me. And and it has to, to, to bleed whatever it is that you want us to get from it. Because not only it has to say, by me, it's got to draw us in. And that title is something I'm like, hmm. So tell I me know. Again, I went right what's to going it. On? Right, exactly. Because it's like, okay, so tell me again. We talked about this yesterday on the show, predictability. And, you know, a lot of readers don't like predictability. However, I think that a little bit of predictability is necessary because Mm -hmm. as a reader, I like to interact with myself a little bit. I don't want to have to fill in the holes in the development. However, mm-hmm. I like to have a little fight and conversation with myself. Like, she got that bad. She going to hit him with the bat. Girl, why is you still talking? Hit him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you, you are talking mm-hmm. to yourself as a reader. It's like, oh. Definitely. You're on? in the story. Exactly. You are really in the story. You are in the story. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm blessed to say is because, you know, I was a buyer because I was a general manager for a bookstore. Because my book is YA, so it's a teen novel. Um, I think that exactly what you're saying, having that experience for years of being on the end, of being on the front line, talking to the customers, them telling me what they did and didn't like about books, um, talking to um, store owners and booksellers about what worked and what didn't work, and going to conventions mm-hmm. and classes and really studying the trends and the market of publishing specifically in children's lit, which is what I specialize in always, um, I'm hoping that I was able to transfer some of that experience to my writing um, and do exactly that, give people the comfort of the structure that their minds are used to and desire, but also put a little surprise, a couple surprises in there to make them go, do you see that coming? And I think you're right. I think there's a good mix of, like, you know, predictability in terms of structure of how you expect the story to arc how you expect the characters to arc, but still having those surprise moments that make it feel, you know, rich in it. Because, you know, no, no story under the sun has not been told, but it's all about the original views and perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Putting your spin on agree. it. And we were mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. reviews yesterday. We had the fabulous Georgia Dawkins on, and we were talking about reviews. And, you know, here on Let's Chat, we always say, uh, if because we are book bougie, we read one-star review first. I will read the one-star review first because all them five stars, yeah, I'm saying it, so don't inbox me. All them five stars is family, friends, and people that support you. That means that if you write on the the back of a baseball bat or a potato sack, they're going to give you five stars if you wrote two words, right? I want to get to the nitty-gritty, right? I want to get to the meat and potatoes. I'm about to go down to the bottom and see if it, why they gave you one star. Now, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. If you get one star because they in their feelings, why? Because they was having personal conversation with themselves. They had a personal argument, and now they're voicing their feelings to you. It's no longer a review. It's a soundboard. 
and they're in yeah. their feelings, and they're saying, I don't like the way you had Grace and Sherry doing da 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 and I didn't like because she and her feelings now. So that means that because you and your feelings, I'm about to buy this book because I know it's going to be good. Because you, the doctors are doing <laughs> their job. Their job is to you. put you in their feelings, put you in your feelings, right? right? And you exactly. so in your feelings, you done gave her one star. You done gave him two stars. Why? Because you and your feelings. That tells me they get their job, and I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to adopt that theory. Absolutely. I do the same. I look at those one and two stars because those are the ones that really put the time in to, to realize and to go into what you're doing, to read it. And, and like Lisa said, they in their feelings. So now I want to get in my feelings. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know they ain't your feelings because it's like a two-paragraph review. It's like, dude, oh two-paragraph review for one star. I'm about to read that book because you all up in your feelings. You're just there. You can't get out. And I bet you're going you gonna to read the next book, too, when it come out. <laughs> it's true. And it's a good book should, like, rock you to your core. It should definitely, like, bother you. It should unsettle you. It should disrupt your spirit. It should it should mm-hmm. get to you. Um, even if it's a fun beach beach read, it should you know it should make you laugh. It should make you feel something. So I agree with y'all. Like you definitely you want to um, have those moments. I remember the first time I sent it to one of my beta readers, and there was a, there's a scene that's you know like a devastating scene towards the end, and the only note she sent me back was I didn't cry. And I was like, she sent me that note, and I said, oh, my God, I got some serious revisions now. Because if what's happening in this scene did not bring this person, especially me knowing her and knowing that she's a sensitive soul, I'm like, if it didn't bring her to tears, I don't, I don't have something right yet in this scene, and it needs to be worked over. And so when I, after about four drafts later, I sent it back to her, and she read it again. And she said, even though I kind of knew what was supposed to happen in that scene, the changes that you made, she was like, man, my heart was so broken. I had to get up and go outside and kiss Aaron. I was okay, now it's right. Now it's ready. Right, right. <laughs> but I you know it. something, um, Kimberly, I'm so happy you said that because that's part of the, the, the writing process. And a lot of authors are not familiar that the importance of a beta reader. And yeah. if that beta reader had not told you that she didn't cry, you wouldn't have gone back and just redid that. Sometimes those beta readers, and you have to be receptive of the criticism because you don't want right. a yes man. Alicia and I talk about that all the time. You don't want somebody that just wants to read it, just to read it, and say, yeah, That's child, that was good. You want someone that was going to give you constructive criticism to make you go back to the drawing board and to create the, the masterpiece that you want to put in, into the reader's mm-hmm. hand. So beta readers are so important. And Lisha and I, we preach that to everyone that we work with. It's, they are so important. Yeah, they are. They are the life of the writers. And, you know, I tell people all the time, because, you know, a lot of my friends, they'll give me a hard time and they'll be like, well, you have beta readers who are like New York Times bestsellers and all of that, so it's different for you. And I was like, that's not very true. I was like, I do, you know, send it to my friends who are successful uh, writers because, you know, they've been through the ropes. They've been through the editorial process, and so they have some some experience and, and you know, expertise that, that is helpful. But I also send it to, like, my book is for teens. So I sent it to a bunch of teenage girls um, to see mm-hmm. what they, you know, what they felt about it. I've sent it to friends who I know just are lovers of books who are just you know right. fans I sent I can send it to bloggers and you know 
a lot of times that's what, because a lot of people ask me about big box publishing because I know a lot of my friends um, are either small press or they're published independently. And so, you know, I went the traditional route of big box publishing. And a lot of people ask me about, you know, why is it that, um, you know, it doesn't seem to be, they don't seem to offer a lot of those deals, particularly not a lot of those deals to African-Americans. I mean, last year, that was a study that was just put out that said last year for teen novels um, of the, like, I think almost 4,000 um, titles that were purchased, only 11 of them were perfect purchased from African-American women. Um, oh. And so there are only 11, 11 African-American women last year that that received deals from big box publishing all the way across the board, like not even at one house. I'm talking about between all 13 houses. Um, mm-hmm. But part of what I, you know, tell people if you're, if you're querying for an agent, if you're looking for a publisher is don't always assume that it's, it's, it's just that the, the, the door is closed and that the ceiling is lowered. Cause, and there is some of that too. And I think that's why I think organizations like we need diverse books and, and organizations like that who have actively been trying to make sure that more people of color are not just um, getting gigs as writers, but also getting gigs as editors and publicists and stuff like that at the publishing house. Because we're not in those seats. We'll never get the green light. We, I mean, there's plenty of folks mm-hmm. who want to write, but we need people who are sitting in editorial that are receiving these books from agents. We need people who are becoming agents that are at these agencies that are that are taking on writers that have these, you know, at these agencies that have relationships with the larger publishing houses. But part of it is you have to trust the process of the edit. A lot of people want to write their book tomorrow, finish the words Friday night, and and start querying it Monday morning hasn't been vetted, mm-hmm. hasn't been edited, hasn't seen a copy edit, hasn't seen a creative edit, mm-hmm. haven't heard back from beta readers. It took me two years, it took you and I two years to go through the process for this book. It wasn't quick. You know, it wasn't overnight. It was like, it took us, you know, we the agent that we have, we sent it to her when it was rough, and she basically sent it back to us and was like, it's not ready, ladies. But I like the concept. Mm-hmm. When it's ready, send it back. And after we did that, we went through 13 beta readers, six six creative edits and two copy edits. It took time. Mm-hmm. You know, we incubated mm-hmm. it, we worked hard at it, and we made sure that we were putting out the best product possible. And and my my theory always is, I, you know, fast and bad is not good. It's just mm-hmm. not. So it's like, you, you know, you have to take the time to make sure that, you know, what you're putting out there is comparable to what's putting out there in the world. And I always say great readers make even better writers. So it's like if you're calling yourself an author, but the last time you read a book was high school, you know, you're not even you're not even aware of what the current trends in literature are anymore. So that mm-hmm. that's part of it is just like we really have to, um, overall, a lot of aspiring writers have to be prepared to do the work. You know, they have to be prepared mm-hmm. to do the work. They cannot just think that they're going to wake up tomorrow and take a week or two and write a novel and that someone's going to want to publish it and it hasn't been cleaned or vetted. You haven't studied your craft, studied the arc of story. You haven't studied how to mm-hmm. develop characters. You just put a bunch of words on the page and think because your mama said, like you said, because your mama said it was good, she's going to give you a five-star review, that that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's work. Work. Talk that talk, girl. You just you just gave a slew of jewels that uh, Leisha and I practice here on Let's Chat constantly. You know, and it it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to put, like you say, study your craft. You got to you have to do your research. You have to go through the process 
if the end result is is a great book that you want to put into the hands of your readers. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, I think that people get they read readers and don't send me an inbox, but I'm just saying I'm I'm a reader first. <laughs> but I think readers we have such a, a large um misunderstanding of what goes into writing a book. Especially since the day of ebooks, we think that an author can push out a book like instantly. We read one book, we're ready for part two. Then we don't get it for the next mm-hmm. year, then we got to add a two. You know, but we don't understand right. the process itself that goes behind right. pinning a book. And exactly. you can be a creative writer. That means that you can go to a create, creative writing class. You can get straight A's in that class. Your creative writing teacher could be like, oh, my God, you really should publish this. But when you have to sit down and write to an audience, when you have to sit down and write to people for them to purchase the book, mm-hmm. it's a whole mm-hmm. other different process. It's a whole other different writing process that, that you go through, and it does take a little longer. So you you do have to throw up on your pa- you have to throw up on the pages once, but once you throw up, you just don't throw up and send it to the editor. I'm just saying exactly. And you can, <laughs> and when you get an editor, know what kind of editor you have. Do you have this copy right. editor? Do you have one that's going to look at the development? You don't want the English teacher, you know, or your best friend Sally. She got straight A's and she's going to edit your book in the kitchen for fifty dollars. Because you're gonna get what you pay for. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Not no thing mm-hmm. to, to no no shade to Sandy. I'm just saying you want a professional editor. You want an editor that can take it apart. They can because the whole point of an editor is to get blood for from a turnip to take your three star yep. book turn it into a five star book. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Their job is to yep. pull out everything that you don't even think you have, and then ask for more. So don't get Definitely. offended. Look to the editor, and they send it back with all the red marks. They did their job. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. And my editor, she told us from day one. She said to us, she said, "Listen, when I send you back your your, your line by lines, when I send you back your red notes, it's all suggestions. It's all suggestions. You take the stuff that makes sense to you, and you leave the stuff that doesn't. But she said the only thing I would say is if I put it there, question." What's making it not work? You may not have to do it the way that I say to do it, but you have uh-huh. to address the issue that I'm pointing out. Um, and so that's how we took things. We would look at it and we'd say, okay, why is she saying this? Okay, she's saying this because A, B, and C. We agree with her. Let's just go ahead and make the changes she's saying. Or we'd say, okay, why is she saying this? She's saying this because A, B, C, and D. We don't agree with the way she wants us to change it, but we do understand why we need to fix this to make the rest of the story work. So we're not going to do it the way she's saying like this, but we come up with something else and be like, we want to fix it this way. But it still needs to get fixed. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't take it personal. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not personal. It's not like she was like, I don't, you know, she's not the girl at the back of the club who don't like our dress, who's just like, I'm just hating on y'all. Like, she is, as an editor, she is there. It's just as important for her for this book to be great as it is for us, because people don't realize there's awards for editors. You know, editors get bonuses when you, you, you know, when you, it's especially in, in in mainstream publishing, you know, editors get bonuses if you do well. They get promotions if you do well. So, you know, her ambition is to put out a great book. Her ambition is mm-hmm. to win awards. Her right. ambition is to is to make the New York Times bestseller list just as much as it is ours. And so any advice that she's given us is like we have this baby together that we're incubating. Let's make it – let's grow mm-hmm. it into to, to being brilliant, you know. And so you can't be Absolutely. sensitive. Like this is – 
this is not an industry for somebody who cries over spilled milk. It's just not. You're going to take some hits. You know, I know there's some, mm-hmm. some, you know, I have a book about race, so I know there's some rough conversations coming my way, you know, <laughs> at some conferences and talks and chats and stuff like that. And I'm prepared for that because that's part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can't have thin skin. You have to be able to to to, to weed out and just to see that everyone wants you to put out your best. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And it's you know, and it's, and at the end of the day, like you know, I'm a spiritual person, and I just feel like at the end of the day, you know, what would God want me to do? He definitely would want me to represent Him and His kingdom and His glory in a shining way at all times. So it's like just to just to give homage to God for my gifts. I don't want to put out anything cheap or bad or sassy because that's insulting to Him. He's like, I gave you this gift. And you did it halfway. Maybe I should give it to somebody else. Mhm. Absolutely. So a lot that goes into to to like you were saying, getting a good book into your to the reader's hands. And since Leisha and I have been doing this, we have come to appreciate what goes mm-hmm. into um, putting a book out. A, not just a book, but a really great book. And sometimes yeah. you may only get one book a year from an author, but it's the blood, sweat, and tears that that author puts in that book within that year to get it to you. Yeah, it's and it's funny because I have my writing partner. She, um, we have this thing called Friday Morning Write, and everyone comes to her house because um, she's Jewish and she's your typical Jewish mother. <laughs> you know, she believes in feeding everybody, <laughs> take care of it. And so, you know, a bunch of local writers, they come, go to her house on Friday morning. She cooks everybody breakfast, um, and we all write. And it's been a beautiful, you know, incubation space in terms of um, just being critique partners for each other and giving each other feedback on what we're writing and helping each other to get over um, to get over the humps and, and find the voices of our characters and out of that group has come some amazing novels. I mean, um, Nick Stone is there on Friday morning. She has the New York Times bestseller, Jim Martin. Um, Marie Marcourt, who has uh, three, who has has three books. Um, and her newest book just came out, Light Season, which is absolutely amazing. She was a star for that. Um, also, Brianna McDaniel, who has a book coming out next year, a picture book for kids addressing the Black Lives Matter movement called uh, Hands Up, that's coming out on Random House. Um, and I, I haven't even named everybody that's used by Vicky Alder-Schechter, Dee Nesbitt. Um, and so um, it's just been a great space. Um, and so that's the other thing I would recommend to people is, like, this idea for Master Servants came from me and Beauty were on a writing retreat together, writing separate mm-hmm. things. And um, Baltimore, the Baltimore riots happened. And we were watching it on TV at the retreat, and it was just so, like, heartbreaking and painstaking to watch it and uh the next day she came to see me and she said i have this idea um about writing this book about two girls a black girl and a white girl caught in a riot and how differently they see the whole situation and i was like that's dope yeah i'm down there too <laughs> um mm-hmm. and it just came mm-hmm. from that and so i'm saying that to say that you know surround yourself with other writers Surround yourself with other creatives so that you, you know, you can, you can feed off of that, feed off of that energy and that spirit and that support and gain that, you know, have that understanding of someone who understands um, what you're doing. And I know everybody can't get together every Friday morning like we do, but even if it's just, you know, once a month or Saturday coffee with some friends, you know that, right? Or 
you know, y'all do a quarterly retreat, get up, you know, get up in the mountains, so away from the world, away from technology, um, and get to it. But uh, having a good foundation of like-minded people, I've found that over mm-hmm. the years, that's been super helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, She's dropping jewels in the chat room tonight. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I love it, though. I love it. I love it when – I love talking books. I don't know. It's just exciting. Yes, I love is. sitting and talking about books and, and the process of it um, and the business of books. You know, a lot of times we don't talk enough. We talk a lot about the process of writing a book, and you got to have this and this, this and this, and the structure and this, but we don't talk a lot about the business of books. And we have a, a show yeah. um, in May that I want you to come back on because we're going to actually okay. be talking that talk uh, about the business uh, of books because books, in the words of Keisha Green, books are a business. You're an author. They are. You are a business. You're not yes. just writing a book. Teacher. I don't care <laughs> if you're signed or not signed. You are officially yeah. a business once that book is published. And For just sure. understanding what – who, what, when, where, and why. Not just doing stuff just because, you know, because we, we've become such a just-because society that we don't yeah. know why we're doing things. We're just doing it just because, right? So you want right. to know why, why I'm doing this. You want to know what you know because you know it. Uh, and we're going to do mm-hmm. a show about that. And I want you to come on that show because you have that buyer um, background you have the the business part of books. You have that background. I think you'll drop a lot of jewels on that show. Yeah, no, I would I would love to come by and talk about that. I know you remember last time I was on, we talked a lot about the bookseller, about how people miss the opportunity with the bookseller, and some of the most successful people I know, like Jason Reynolds and people like that are because booksellers love them. You know, they go to all the mm-hmm. bookseller conventions when they're touring books. They're gracious. Mm-hmm. I remember one time um, Dave Pilkey, who writes um, Captain Underpants, when I was the GM for Little Shop of Stories, he came and did an event with us. And the next day, we got at the store flowers and chocolates for the entire staff from him. So you remember that, you know what I'm saying? And and just like in any other business, everything is about relationships. It's all about you know who who loves you. You know kindness is gangster kindness, and a good spirit goes a long way. It makes people excited about you, and it makes people want to see you win. So a lot of the authors who have mastered the art of dealing with the bookseller are successful because the bookseller is on the front line right there with the customer. And if they love you and they're excited about you, they're going to be excited about your book. So when that kid or that adult comes into the store and it's like, what should I read next? And they just had this epic, amazing experience while you did a signing in their store the night before, they're hawking your wares. They're making sure that you win because they like you. You know, and so it's just little things like that that I think for me, having been on the other side, being a bookseller, um, yeah, I'd love to come back in May and talk more about that. <laughs> so. That's going to be a great show, Leash. Absolutely. I'm excited because I don't think people know enough about the business side of books. And, I, you know, a lot of times people get in their feelings. And, you know, being in your feelings is a waste of time. you got to know what you know because, it you know, is. you got to know what's going on, why it's going on, how to protect, protect yourself, how to prepare yourself, how to work with the system, know what the system is, whether it's an Amazon, what, know what it is and why. 
what it's supposed to look like. Why is it supposed to look that way? What is the purpose of it? And so I'm excited about that show that we're going to have. And so I'm definitely going to put you on the the little stop for that night. We're going to talk that serious I'm talk in. about books. We're going to talk serious about <laughs> We're going to have a fabulous E and Joy. She's going to be on talking business, uh, book business. Yes, it's going to go down in the chat room. It's going down. Now, now you know that T always does a fun fun question before you step out the chat room. You know, and um, you've been here more than once, so (laughs) you're ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm prepared. Y'all got me with a good one last time, so I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, you 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 encompass quite a few things that I like in this um, massive servant book that you have coming up, Kimberly. So once again, thank you so much for joining this year. We always enjoy when you come into the chat room. You drop so many uh-huh. jewels, not just Felicia and myself, but for all of those that are listening, because you never know who you may touch when you when you drop those jewels. So we so appreciate you for that. But um, uh-huh. I'm going to take a look. Well, we are more than grateful for that. <laughs> but um, I want to combine. You, you've given us a lot to work with tonight. First of all, the, the title of your book, Master Servant, it's about a SWAT team, and I love any show that has an acronym that deals with law. I, I'm, 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 I'm right there to watch. Now I'm gonna put. <laughs> I want you to give us a little mini scene, a little mini excerpt, and uh, your prop tonight. We've been on this whip kick, um, but since it's two girls, we're gonna use my whip and Leisha's ten. So she she's been on this ten, so I have to incorporate that into my my fun question tonight for Miss Alicia. But the SWAT team is coming in, and and the two teenage girls we're just gonna make something up. You could just use their creative juices. They are tied okay. up, but they are near a whip. One's near a whip, and one's near a ten. And we need you to help them to to kind of use those props to break loose and take down this this whatever. Just give us a little mini excerpt on how they're going to use those two props. Okay, so they have a whip, and what's the other prop? A TENS. That's one of those electronic. So you know what a TENS unit unit. is? Like if you go to a chiropractor. Oh, child, hunky, let me tell you about it. So you know when you go to the chiropractor, it's these pads. You know how, like, um, they put the pads on you. So it's these uh-huh. electronic, like an EKG. So you know when you get an EKG, okay. This is the okay so these yes. are white, and um, they you put the pads on different parts of the body. And if you go to the chiropractor, okay. they'll put it on the back to to uh, it, it massages and and loosens muscles, right? Okay. Or up depending on how you use it, and uh, <laughs> and you send electrical. It's, electrical currents that you're sending. So oh, you can go slight electrical currents. You can go intense electrical currents, but it's it's like you're shocking them. Okay. Like a stun gun. Okay. We're gonna use a stun gun. Okay. So they so they have a whip and a tinge and they are the someone is coming in for them and they have to use mm-hmm. those two to escape. Yeah. Well, they couldn't use a tens unit to escape, so switch that to a stun gun. Okay, so a stun gun. Okay, so they have a stun gun and a whip, and they need to use these props to escape. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. And action. (laughs) And action. Okay. So Campbell looks at Lena, and she says, say no more. She grins, 
She grabs the stun gun from behind her. As she works it around with her fingers, she scoots over just enough to get it on her side. When she gives Lena the look, Lena knows what to do. She leans over. She grabs the stun gun. And from beneath her, she's able to shoot out. Bang! She hits him in the back. Just as she hits him in the back, Campbell rolls to her feet with a whip in her hand and swings around, does a stunning kick, kicks him down, and then whack, hits him on the head with the whip. Upon that, then the two ladies, this is their chance to make their escape. They run. They get out of the door. Then they realize, we still cuffed. We left the keys. Lena looks at Campbell and says, we just got to go. There's no time. God, damn. Is that good? Thank you, ladies, so much. You guys have a good night, and I'll see you this year at Black Writers Weekend. 
Absolutely. I will see you. <laughs> All right. You Have a good evening. Tonight. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great show, Lisa. It's been a great show, yes. Absolutely. I love when she comes. I love when people come on. We can just talk, just talk about books and and be able to enjoy it. You know, whenever one or two are gathered together, I just tell you it's just just some things go down and things to get started. Um, Make sure y'all tune into the shows we had this week. We have some fabulous, fabulous, fabulous guests this week. We have fabulous guests all the time. So just go ahead and check out our archives here on blogtalk.com. You can also pick us up on iTunes and actually any podcast app. You just search Let's Chat with Miss Tony uh, and Leisha, and our shows will come up. We appreciate you guys. We will see you guys next week. We have a, mm-hmm. a great show, Mind, Body, and Soul segment next Thursday. We're going to have um, three fabulous ladies on that show. And then on Friday we have a show that's going to be the cast of a, a new movie called The Deal. They're going to be on talking that talk about their new movie um, that is out. We're not going to have too many shows this, this month um, because T will be – um, recovering So we do have quite a few though um, Our next set of shows Will be on the 17th And then on the 24th So we got a We got a mm-hmm. We got a nice mm-hmm. little lineup this month I'm excited uh, for all the people That we have that, that bless us with their presence here on Let's Chat We will talk Absolutely. to you guys Next week We're going to hit you with some have of that Dennis Fair have a great weekend, and we will see y'all next week. We out.